The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs podcast, where we inspire you to manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. Join host Hartley Wright, a certified spiritual director, and Kevin Bartolacci, director of research and education at Sunvold Financial Investment Advisory Firm. Together, they hope to help you discover the benefits of enriching your life as they entertain one another, and hopefully you too. Well, I might be thinking impaired. I don't know if I'm too thinking impaired to listen to this podcast, but I guess I really don't have to listen to it. I just have to. Just got to talk. Yeah, I just have to just have to talk. Well, you actually do have to listen to it because you edit it. <laughs> I'm the one that doesn't have to listen to it. Well, that's true, but you still do. So, I do. Yeah, yeah. so. In um, a group setting. Oh, wow. Or two people a group. Well, yes. Uh, yeah, two people can be considered a group. So I guess we have a group of listeners yeah, we out do. there. So welcome to the podcast, this episode. This is episode 10. We're in double digits now. We are going to talk about whatever comes up. I think we might talk about our feelings and thoughts about the He Gets Us campaign. Maybe talk a little bit about finances in relation to, since on the last episode we said the Super Bowl result may have a huge effect for a bit. And um, whatever else might come up, I'm looking at these pictures. Those do look really nice. Listener, Kevin has polished his balls. And I sent Hartley pictures of them. And I'm looking at them now, and those... That second one is outside in the natural light, by the way. Okay. The first one's I wondered, because it's so much... Artificial light. Yeah. They look really good. They shine. Yeah, those are good. You've got a handsome pair of shining balls there. They sure do. Yeah. Listener, this is, this is, we hate to deprive you of this. I know you're so, so enthused. And you're probably getting ready to report us to some who would you law re- enforcement who would you officials. Who would you report? So for clarity, I got a new bowling ball spinner, and I polished two of my balls yesterday. You know, I was just bragging. Don't worry about it. Sitting picture. Yeah. Two, two pictures, actually. I want to yeah, discuss people. all this behavior. So, yeah, you just want to jump into some stuff that's going on? I right. would just like to say that I noticed that we had the worst week for stocks this year so far, last week. When I checked on things Monday, which you was the day correct. after the Super yeah. Bowl. Worst week since December of 22. Yeah, all three indices were mm-hmm. down. Yeah, yeah. And, and now that we know that the Chiefs won. Because you, you had stated, Chiefs fans have a decision oh, that's to make right. if You're you want, them, do you want them to win and have and have everything crash. Because they're an old AFL team. Yep. And the S&P, so, sure enough, fell down, like over down again this week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going. Our yeah, so celebrate yeah. your Lombardi trophy, and yeah. uh, I don't want to hear you pissing and moaning about your 401k balance. Yeah. You We're know, joking, of course. Of, of course, of the course. Chiefs, the Chiefs victory has nothing to do with the stock market. No, absolutely not. I think we established that pretty clearly. Well, they'll still be writing about it again next year. I guarantee it. Crazy. Because no one listens to me. Kevin feels a little unheard. I've been in a bad mood. Things just aren't really... I'm grumpy. I'm not a football fan, so Sunday didn't do anything for me. Although today, pitchers and catchers are in spring training. Well, that should lift your spirits. Starting tomorrow, my spirits will start to go up. Because nothing's going to happen today. They're all going to have their media session, stretch and throw, and they're going to do anything till next week anyway. Yeah. But just the fact I know they're there is going to make me right. happy. Right, that's, yeah. There's hope. So There's close. good things right coming around up the around the corner. 
I heard about a guy who was in a very bad car accident. He was he rear-ended another individual, and this man who was driving the car was a very, very tiny person. And fortunately, no one was hurt, but the driver of the car he rear-ended got out of the car, and he came back to him. First thing he said to him was, I'm not happy. My friend said, which one are you? He says, I'm not happy. So a guy told me that he rear-ended a car. Yeah. And it was pretty serious. They pulled off the road. They both get out of the cars. And he notices as he gets out of the car that it's a little person that he has hit. And so the little person runs up to him and is very oh, angry. And he says, he says I'm thought, not happy. Yeah, I get it now. And my friend I thought said, your which friend one are was you? small. <laughs> well, moving on from that joke. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying so to. So big week. Let's just recap. Sunday, Chief, Super Bowl champions. Yes. Dynasty talk everywhere. Tuesday, Valentine's Day, Thursday, spring training opens. You'd think I would be in a pretty good mood this week. Well, sure. But I'm not. I'm grumpy. Not happy. All right. Well, enough of I, me belly aching about my life. Well, you haven't really belly ached about it. You've just stated that you're grumpy. Yeah. Okay. It's a fact. Yeah. I'm grumpy. Which I'm sure, listener, you can resonate with. Certainly you have grumpy days. Hopefully you're not grumpy as you listen to the podcast. I'm really grumpy today. I'm going to listen to this. Well, if you are grumpy and you now know that I'm grumpy, maybe you'll feel better about life. I have no reason to be grumpy, and yet I am. None that anyone else knows about besides you. Yeah. <laughs> I should yeah. say, none that any of the other listeners know about right. besides you. Right. There are many people in life who say, you know what, no matter how bad things are, no matter what I'm experiencing, no matter what my, how I'm feeling emotionally, it could always be worse, and the sun is shining, I am alive, there is life about me, and it's a great day to be here and be alive. There, there are people who employ that Absolutely. constantly, no matter what. I'm making an assumption that's what you're saying. Like, I have no reason to be grumpy. Yeah. There are some reasons. In the big scheme of things, I actually have certain people in my life that when I start feeling sorry for myself, I focus on them and I go, it could be worse. I could be that guy, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and that's how you feel. That usually makes me feel a lot better. Right. Are you familiar with the sociological term relative deprivation? I hate to use the term everything's relative, but this is the concept of it where... We look around our neighbors or our coworkers or our idols on TV or whatever, and we do a comparison. So people don't get uh, particularly upset. Let's just take a neighborhood setting, for example. If, if you're all about the same socioeconomic class, everyone kind of accepts it. But then when one person in the neighborhood starts to elevate, and now everyone else is comparing themselves to that family, then this relative deprivation comes in, and you start going, well, geez. They have X, Y, and Z. I only have X. And you start feeling bad about yourself. I can see that. That's reasonable. Makes sense to me. I think there must be a lot of relative deprivation that happens with Facebook. All social media has made this condition much more prevalent, unfortunately. Yes. That's a problem. That's it an it is a real sociological and societal problem. Particularly hard hit among the younger of the users. Uh, and at this stage, I think we probably round all the way up to age 30 and below because it's been around long enough. That, right. You know, they've, been, they've been using it for 15 years. Quite a bit of uh, studies, long-term studies now, because it's been around long enough, that shows the psychological damage, I'll just say it that way, that being too engaged in social media is causing people. 
Listener, Kevin has a degree in sociology. That's correct. Sure. I went in as a business major because I was always good at math and accounting. I found it to be quite boring by the time I got to the second year of it. It's like, God. Absolutely no one can resonate with that. I can't. I can't do this for 45 years of working career. I'll blow my brains out. So, sociology major. To which my father's like, what are you going to do with that? I'm going to get a job. Ah, uh, father's. That's an interesting F-bomb topic we could have sometime, but we have to be a little careful. I less careful than you. Yeah. Well, I don't think we shared this on the podcast. I know I told you directly that when my daughter told my father he could find our podcast on the same thing he was looking for another podcast, he said, if I want to talk to him, I'll just call him. I feel like risking it a little bit. Like, maybe I will say something about him. Find yeah, if he is listening. See if he is listening. Yeah. I'm going to stretch those boundaries and see if there's negative repercussions. I mean, we could have launched with a family topic from the beginning. I think we did the very first episode because we were talking about Thanksgiving. Just how do you deal with that? How do you navigate things that happen with family? But there are certain things that resonate with all families, even if it's just a little bit of a degree with some families and a major emphasis in other families. Favoritism would be there. Some might have that in a small degree whereas others would have it highly influential and then everything else. Now, listener is grumpy because we are talking about this kind of topic. Since we did talk about everything being down financially, I'm not too concerned. I'm not too worried. Is there any reason to? No, absolutely not. Everything's still up year to date, which is better than last year. Topic today hit the news wires. Producer price index was higher than the uh, economist predicted. Increase of 0.7%. They were estimating 04 so now the repercussions of that, they're all trying to guess what the Fed's going to do at the next meeting. We will recap. The last meeting, they raised 25 basis points, which is the lowest they'd raised since they started raising rates in uh, 2022. So now the speculation is because inflation is still hot, or they called it sticky. They're now afraid that the Fed erred when they only raised it 25 basis points, and they should have raised it 50. And now they, the market is speculating that the next Fed's rate hike will be 50 basis points instead of 25. And I blogged about this once. Why don't they do 33? Instead of 50, it's kind of in between. Yeah, why 25 and why 50? Why 75? So when I blogged about it, a friend of mine who's also in this business, uh, he said, I'm going to do some checking on that. Because my speculation, maybe there's something in the charter that doesn't allow them to because of the banking system. So he researched it and he got back to me and said, there's nothing in the charter that says they have to do quarter basis point hikes. So they don't have to do that. No, they just keep doing it. And every time this happens, I just beat my head against the wall. This is another reason I'm grumpy. It's like, what is wrong with you all? If you're not sure, let's rewind six weeks ago when they're trying to make their decision about the last rate hike. If you're not sure, you're like, "Uh, 50 seems like it might be too much. We don't want to put the country in a recession. 25, we might get some criticism because it's not enough and inflation is still high. Do 33, do 34, do 35. I mean... What is wrong with you? That's why I keep saying. Maybe this would be something we can uh, encourage the listener to write your congressman. Absolutely. But I would I'd say go ahead and write your senator. Yeah, that's it. They probably Thank have you. more power. Thank you, yes. One of your two senators. Skip the Congress people. They're, yeah. they're already running for re-election in 2024, so they're already distracted. It's February of 23, and yeah. they're already thinking about it. You have to when it's only a two-year cycle. I mean, you got six months to work, and then the other 18 months you're trying to get re-elected. Yeah. 
State of the Union was last week that the president gave. I did not watch it. I did not listen to it. I did listen to some recaps and some analysis. Yeah. I think it's safe for me to say it seems like he was doing some things there already campaigning for 24, which makes makes sense. Yeah. I think that's normal. You know, I once, at one time, I went through a long season when we had a president in the first term, and as they were moving toward their last two years – they were focused on getting re-election, and that, mm-hmm. that had gotten to the point where that was aggravating me yeah. immensely. And so I went through a season where I was really saying we should have a six-year term that you cannot be re-elected. For a president. For a president. I agree 100%. You, you have a six-year term. And I felt strongly about that and was professing that. And, of course, I got all kinds of backlash and pros and cons. Anytime I make an argument like this and feel a good conviction about it, I follow it to a logical conclusion. So naturally, I did the same thing here, and I thought, well, that would not be a good thing if you get a president who is a bad president that is in there because you've got him in there two years longer. But even that being said, I still say I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea because instead of a four-year term being able to be elected and you you can have an, uh, a person in office for eight years, yeah. my thinking is if you have a president— It's hard to be an incumbent even when they're bad. Exactly, exactly. And so my thinking is, if we have someone that we have in office for six years, some things will probably get done. The things that they're really committed to mm-hmm. and what they're really passionate about, they will actually probably be able to accomplish because they're not spending half of their term trying to be reelected. Yeah, and that's what, that's what it comes down to. If we do six, that lines up pretty nicely with the congressional elections because they're over two years, and then we've got one-third of the Senate is up for reelection every two years, and they serve six-year terms. So. If we want to make the presidency different than all of that to try to separate it out, let's do a five-year term. Okay. Now we're five. So if it's a bad president, you only got him one year longer than you would have had him. Yeah, sounds good to me. They can still get some things done. You can get some stuff done, especially, like you said, if you don't start campaigning in year two for your reelection. Now we're five years and done. Is that too communistic, like five-year plans and new deals as CCR sung about in the 60s? (laughs) Just following it to a logical conclusion, when a president is elected for a second term, his last two years is pretty much a lame duck. Always. Okay, let's take this. uh, Now we're on a roll. Let's take this five-year thing. That would be the only election in that cycle because it would not be the same time as Congress or the Senate. There was a lot of concern on the Republican side that Donald Trump running at the head of the ticket drugged down the votes down the ticket. I remember that. Senate, gubernatorial, et cetera. Yes. Well, if he's the only show in town. It's the only thing they have to decide Go vote upon. on that, you're done. That's a good point. And now we get to vote for the people who are actually running the country, our Congress. I'm liking that. Five-year term. It's definitely worth presenting. And you make it in an odd number of years so it doesn't compete with the rest Anything of the elections. Else. Anybody it's, else. It's the whole game. This is it. That's yeah. all we're voting on. Yeah. All yeah. right, listeners. We got to get this little grassroots thing going. Yes. Five-year term, one and done, get out. We're kind of rolling on a topic that is in, a, in the political realm, which is not something I want this podcast to be about. But actually, it's okay because we're not really we're trying to make political. people's lives better. And I would be very interested to see what the vote would be with the presidential election and nothing else. And it should be okay. a national holiday for the oh, president so, so, only. So everyone could. The president. So everyone election. would be able to vote. Their uh, workplace commitments could not provi- prohibit them from voting. Yep, make would it a not national a holiday. It'd be a good social experiment. Oh my it? god, it'd be awesome to just have this election. Everyone knows who wins before they go to bed. Yeah. There's no risk of it changing by something weird. 
You wouldn't think, but that can happen. And while we're doing this social experiment, we're also going to eliminate daylight savings time. We're going to keep I'm the off same clock. You know what? Here's where I'm all at year on round. That. I don't even care which way they go at this point because I've read articles both sides. I've seen all kinds of studies on it. I don't even care. Just quit switching it. I said at one time, I said, you know, we should just go in between. Let's just adjust <laughs> the just adjust half our hour. clocks half an hour and leave it at that. Yeah, let's just go half an hour. Then we're fine. Everybody's fine. Let's do 33 minutes. Right. Just yeah. barely over half. Well, we've covered some really national topics here. <laughs> we we really have. What can we what can we Ooh. tackle next? What is what Who else needs can to be we solved? irritate? <laughs> yeah, what what else needs to be solved? Hey, last year in 2022, when the He Gets Us campaigns came out, it grabbed my attention, of course. Naturally, I think it grabbed a lot of people's attention, and I like them. This is a faith-related thing to this point. I still like them. But we talked about this. You and I both talked about this a couple of times. In between the last episode and this, we were curious. Who's behind it? Who's paying for it? How does it all get done? And then you came across an article of CNN that approached that same subject. Right. Because he gets us ran two ads during the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I think the going rate for a 30-second commercial, I think I read, was $7 million. I can't imagine a listener not seeing it if they watch TV regularly and if they watch more popular TV things regularly. So yeah. sporting events or and If something. they watch the Super Bowl, they definitely saw it. Exactly. and I think this is a $100 million campaign is what I, think, I, I think that's what the they're article. putting totally... Uh-huh. That's the total amount they're putting into it. Right. Let's just make this our faith topic today yeah. to just talk about that because as we talk about this, a listener may resonate with some things, may resist some things, certainly have some feelings about things. And I would like to think, I, I know, much like those episodes appear to me, that they're trying to appeal to people who have negative church experiences or have uh, no desire to be Christian in any way. One could argue some of them may aren't, aren't as effective as others. What they're trying to say is whatever you and I are facing, whatever you, the viewer, is facing, Jesus faced it too. That's what the campaign is claiming. That's what the campaign is presenting. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and I agree with that whole, wholeheartedly, and I agree with that statement. I personally find the ads, I like them. I find them well done. They look professional. I like the fact that they're tying in the humanity of Christ to us. Like, hey, whatever you're going through, he, he was too. there. He did too. I like that part of it. I would question the effectiveness of it. And in the article, we talked about this as well, offcast. There's some negative feedback that's coming from certain groups. Right. This is a direct quote. I've got the article okay. in front of me. The ad campaign comes as Christian identity has waned in the U.S. in recent decades. Yes. According to Pew Research data, about 63% of American adults identified as Christians in 2022. Yep. Down from about 90% in the 1990s. Okay. So now we're in the numbers. That is a huge drop in 30 years. It is. And this is not a new problem. I remember having conversations with our leadership team at Woodcrest in the uh, oh, 2006 to 2010 period. This was already well known within the Christian leadership circles that Christianity was, at least those that identified as Christians, 
was declining, and it's only gotten worse over the last 20 years. So now we're talking about 27% drop in 30 years. My thought was that part of this ad campaign is to reach out to that 37% of the population that does not consider themselves Christians anymore. Or even if you just go back to the 90%, you've lost 27% somewhere in the last 30 mm-hmm. years. You're either trying to get them back, or you're looking for people that have never identified as Christian. Of course, Advertising, right? This is what America does better than any other nation. We promote stuff. We advertise. Very well. We sell. We, we have to be the world leader. I can't imagine anybody else that can take right. some of the things that we've sold in this country. <laughs> no one does it like we do it. Anyway, obviously, this is a concentrated effort to bring more Christians back into the fold, whether they've never been Christian or dropped out. So statistically, I get why they're doing something. Some critics say the campaign is not authentic. Some critics don't like the fact that a lot of the money that is financing this is coming from sources that also support anti-LGBTQ platforms. Uh, and uh, some people don't like that there's a lot of money that's coming from evangelical sources. I mean, let's be honest. Evangelical, by definition, is what these ads are. Correct. I hesitate to use that term evangelical because it comes with some negative baggage because of what Christians who are not good-behaving Christians have given evangelicalism a bad name, a big part of the younger generation. They think you shouldn't put money into these things. You should put money into changing the world and doing things, Yeah, doing things well, doing things better, uh, making a difference in the name of Christ as opposed to saying, hey, we need to come to Christ. But that's a slippery slope with me on critiquing from that regard because, as you said, advertising is a big thing. We do it well. And what is advertising? It is a 30-second or sometimes 60-second seduction. That's all that it is. Yeah. And I think I'm bringing that up to say in defense of the campaign for people who say, I don't think the campaign is very authentic. I don't know where that comes from. I think they're being authentic. I think they're saying it's just not tied biblically when really it is. In a 30-second campaign, if you want to put the humanity of Jesus, how are you going to do that with Scripture and anything? I think what they're doing is much more effective. Yeah. I, I do understand the criticism of $100 million. Yeah, I can I I can go with that. Could, couldn't you spend that more effectively with the homeless crisis? Uh, sorry, unhoused crisis. Other other maybe persuasion of legislative acts. Yeah, certainly. Maybe I mean, something like that. I, I I get it. That's a that's a lot of money, and this is just one campaign. This will not be the end. Right. They'll spend a billion dollars on this before it's over. While it is a company that's putting this out, it's people contributing to the company. To make that possible, correct, which is why it can get to the billions of dollars. But it's yep. many different people. Some of them corporations. That's how they. Yep. That, that's how they're able to make these ties. Yeah, and this is not government money. This isn't tax money. Exactly. That's being directed at this. Exactly. It's all private donations. But those become. That's what the issue can become, in the face of criticism. Yeah. And then it becomes political, and they say we don't want to make this political, as if Jesus wasn't political. <laughs> Well, I mean, his his biggest adversaries were frustrated with him because they thought he was going to be a political leader of a different kind, mm-hmm. a political messiah, not the messiah that he turned out to be. Right. Uh, so I ran across this article this morning. For the listeners out there, I use Mozilla as my browser, and when I log in, or open the browser. They give me a thing called Pocket. You heard of this? I think I have. It's a bunch of different articles from different sources. You yes. click on 
Unfortunately, from the time they started it till now, they've started popping in a bunch of ads, but that was probably the intent initially, get enough subscribers, then sell ad space, because that seems like that's the model now for everything, except our podcast, of course. Of course. So I'm looking through, and I saw this article about Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> on whether or not he was Jewish. Really? And it was a really well-done article, and they said he got a lot more publicity after Trump did some kind of dedication at Yosemite Park. He mispronounced Yosemite as Yosemite discussion came up after this. They started researching it, trying to find out if indeed Yosemite Sam was Jewish. (laughs) One of the conclusions from the daughter of the creator of Yosemite Sam said, yeah, he was Jewish. He was modeled after my father, who was Jewish. Of course, Mel Blanc did the voice. And he's Jewish. Yeah, that was some more of the tie-in to the whole uh, Yosemite Sam is, and they said in a recent episode, so I guess they're still shooting these things, that his given name was presented during the episode as like Samuel Rosenbaum or something. Really? Yeah. I'm like, who knew that Yosemite Sam had a, a real name? I just thought he was Yosemite Sam. But You and I, I think you have said, like me, you've watched those uh, Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars yes. and Coffee. And just talking about Jewish and mentioning Mel Blanc reminds me of the episode that he had where he's with Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks. Yeah, rather than me tell the joke. Yeah. Look that up, and he has a funny joke in there that he tells in the context of Jews because it's Jerry, Carl, and Mel, so it's appropriate for him to tell, but it could be taken as offensive if I tell it. Yes, it probably would be. (laughs) So if you have a few minutes, if your life is so open and you have such free time, then I would encourage you to, oh, actually, for the benefit and for the sake of others, I would encourage you to first take some time to sit silently with God and then go. go and look up that episode where he's with Mel Brooks and put that joke at the end. People, will- Can you embed that in the show notes? So oh, just hit a link? I can put a link in that. Woohoo! There we go. I will put a Trying link Trying to make in life there. better for if all you wanna, the listeners. If you want to do it, yes. Actually, thinking about Mel Brooks makes me think of things that aren't politically correct. His most famous movie Shocker. you could not put in theaters today not without a there being an uproar. I mean, it would everyone would come unglued. We're not here to offend. We're here to enhance. And I'm not sure how well we've done either of that in this episode. But I think we've covered what we need to. We covered a lot more than I thought we were going to cover when I sat down. Today. Yes, exactly. So um, that's it. Hey, I don't feel as grumpy. Hey, that's great. Yeah, that is great. Well, then, so we got that going. We've enhanced your life. (laughs) You have. May you go out and have a very blessed day, Kevin. I plan on it. Yes, and listener, the same wish for you. Thanks for joining. This podcast is for the purposes of education, information, and entertainment only, and is not a replacement for the professional services of a financial advisor, financial planner, spiritual clergy, spiritual counselor, or spiritual director. We suggest you seek out a trained professional for help with your financial and spiritual needs. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest of Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs are solely their current opinions based upon information they consider reliable but do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations the host and guest may or may not be associated with 
in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions provided by the podcast host and guest are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.